<clears throat> and good evening, good afternoon, or whenever you guys listen to this. Welcome to another episode of Conquest Chronicles. This is Matt by um, by Dina, and we are about a week away from the NFL scouting combine, and two weeks away from um, from spring practice as well uh, as football season somewhat starting up. I mean, if you want to count the AAF as something. Um, but we're getting, getting there. draft is almost here. Spring football is almost here. And we have the AAF going on. So, uh, this is, again, this is Matt here along with Dina bringing you another episode of Conquest Chronicles. And we uh, just looking forward to what we have going on for today's show. Dina, how how are you doing uh, tonight? How, are, how have you been doing this week so far? It's been good. I'm doing good. What about you? Can't complain. I can't complain at all. Still loving the cold weather. Yeah, I mean, eh, I'm over it. I'm I'm over uh, the cold weather per se. <laughs> I'm never over the cold weather. No, yeah. I think what it is with me and and cold weather is just the fact that um, how can I put it? I I I think it's the fact that um, I don't know. I I think it's just the fact that I'm just I, I I'm not really huge on cold weather. I'm more of a warm weather person. Growing up, <clears throat> growing up in, in in Southern California, growing up in Los Angeles, I think warm weather is just more of my style. It, it, it's more of my uh, more of my forte, to be honest with you. I'm not a huge rain person. We've been getting a lot of rain out here. Though. Yeah, so have we. But um, we've noted. I've, I've noticed before we start going off topic here. Notice that. Yesterday, you uh, took a little bit of an adventure. So I, I thought you were going on an adventure, actually, which is why I, I basically went adventures with Dina, and it turned out to be around the corner from your house. <laughs> yeah. On my Snapchat, it was um, a picture of a golf course or the beginning of a golf course. I, I honestly thought you were, like... I don't know why. I just imagined you being on this hill, and on the hill, you go like your house just sits on top of a hill, and then you're driving down a hill. I I don't know. I was just picturing something weird. I just I thought your house was like the only house on a hill or something with trees and <laughs> everything like that. No. But uh, let's go ahead and let's get started on the uh, NFL Combine. So we're going to go by we're, we're going to go by positions and we'll also touch on some some USC Trojans who are also in the Combine. I believe there are five USC Trojans that are participating in the Combine, um, two of which were injured in Porter Gustin and uh, Marvell Tail, actually. Um, both of them were out with significant injuries that forced them to miss the Pro Bowl, or not the Pro Bowl, the Senior Bowl, 
or majority of the season. Um, this year, USC does not have a quarterback coming out, and that's what we're we're going to start on the uh, the quarterback position. Actually, thankfully, USC don't have a quarterback in the draft this year. And if they did, um, you wouldn't be in draft it at this point. But right now, <laughs> we have about we we have about two Pac-12. Uh, we have about two Pac-12 quarterbacks that are um, that will be at the NFL Combine, and Drake Browning and and Garner Minshew. Both of the of the QBs played at the Washington School, Minshew at, at Washington State. Everyone knows how big of a deal he was. Um, how big of a deal he was <clears throat> during the um, during this this season actually uh, was actually pretty was, was pretty darn good this year. And Jake Browning, Jake Browning was up and down this season. I mean, he was a uh, uh, I believe. Two years ago, he was a Heisman contender. He was a Heisman uh, Trophy finalist, I believe. Yeah, that's hard to believe because he just makes bad decision after bad decision. Yeah, I uh, I got to see Browning play in person, and actually Browning got benched against Cal. Um, and if anyone remembers, uh, we uh, had my neighbor Kyle come on the air. Uh, before the Pac-12 championship game, and he said he don't see Browning getting drafted at all. He doesn't no, see Browning. I don't, Browning I don't see drafted. him getting drafted, and he's graded as, um, you know, um, a four point nine four, which translates to an NFL training camp type of player getting an invite, but nothing more. Basically, getting added to the Pac practice squad. <sighs> if that. If. Well, I mean, he could make the practice squad. You could just sign a QB and develop him, and he could be a practice squad. Now, another um, uh, another player, as we mentioned, Gardner Minshew. He will be at the combine. He will be at the combine. Uh, right now, his prospect grade is at a five point one six which is basically better than average chance to make an NFL roster. Now, Dina, we've seen NFL offenses. Um, we've seen the offenses these days. Um, right now, if you look at you look at his scouting overviews that they have on the NFL Combine website, on NFL.com, uh, they're saying that, He's enthusiastic. He's energetic on the field as a strength. He works rapidly through progressions, weaponizes pump fake tool as a manipulative defender to manipulate defenders. However, the knock on him, his weakness are he has a below average height for a quarterback, high number of batted passes, which more likely to come in the pros, benefit from the scheme that allowed abundance of one-on-ones, Scouts are concerned of of a uh, lack of arm strength, stuff like that. Likely, unlikely to run away from closing rushers. And honestly, I mean, if you break down some NFL game, some NFL game tape, I mean NFL, some of his game tape, you might see things like that. I mean, scouts go on, they look, they scout these players for <clears throat> throughout the college football season. So. What are your thoughts on Minshew? I mean, 
looking at NFL offenses, they're not running a complete air raid. That's for sure. They're not running no, a complete but they're, NFL air raid. It's definitely, definitely trending towards a pass-happy league as opposed to run-happy um, like it used to be. Um, but I I take Minshew over over Browning just because his his leadership leadership abilities and his attitudes kind of like Baker Mayfield on the field. Um, I forget what game I was watching. I think it might have been the last game when it was raining. Um, I mean I get I'm sure it rains a lot of the time there, but his uh, attitude. The, the apple the apple cup. <clears throat> I think it was raining for the apple. Wait, was it no, raining or they, snowing? I don't remember what it, it was. It was playing. when they won. Didn't they lose the Apple Cup? Yeah, they well, they've lost the Apple Cup the last few years. It might have been against Cal, actually. Was that one of their last games? Uh, it wasn't raining any time during football season at Cal. No, I think it was at home. They were playing oh, at home then, in Pullman. Oh, then yeah, it could have been raining there. But anyway, yeah, his attitude during that game. It was fun to watch, and he led the the Pac-12 in passing last year. Um, he had he had um, four thousand seven hundred and seventy nine yards, thirty eight touchdowns, nine interceptions. So he makes good decisions. Um, and right. that he has a he has a chance to make an NFL roster, but I don't think he. I think he'll go undrafted. I don't think he's going to be. You know, at best, late, late round. I I would agree there. Now, another thing I will say, um, one of the things that they mentioned that the offense he runs, uh, the offense that he runs is um, it, it provides a lot of one-on-one opportunities, and that's the air raid. While that is true, that that is true, because in the NFL, it's completely different. As we mentioned, the NFL has garnered more towards college schemes and the quote-unquote, I don't want to say the air raid, but they they become a more offensive league. Do you think Minshew could find a fit with the right team? Like, if he got picked up, let's say he got drafted late. We're, we'll say he got drafted in the late sixth round, maybe fifth round, seventh round by the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Do you think that there would be a fit there? Not to be like a starter, but to be a quality backup at least. Because I think the same... I mean, Kingsbury is going to do the air raid or at least try to do his version of an NFL air raid, so... um... Which will crash and burn. (laughs) Well, I I don't know. I don't think so. That could be a fit there. I don't I don't think it'll crash and burn, but. But of the QBs at the Combine, who would you pick? Who'd be your first choice? Oh, that is a hard question. I would have to say. Oh, my God. Um, God. I don't know. Um, I would say I'm gonna go ahead and say Kyler Murray. To but it's not by much. It's a toss up between him and Dwayne Haskins. I'm gonna go Kyler Murray because of what Kyler Murray can do. 
what Kyler Murray brings. Yeah, Haskins is rated a little bit higher than than Murray, but they're definitely the, the top two um, prospect grades on the board for the quarterbacks. I think I'd pick Murray too, just because I don't know. You just can you really pick against an Oklahoma Heisman winner? It's not so much of a of the fact that he won the Heisman. Here, here's my thing about it. It's not so much of the fact that he got that he won the Heisman. It's the fact of what he can do. Like he can make plays. That's what you want your quarterback to do is to make plays. He can make plays on his feet, and he can sling right. the ball around. Haskins, on the other hand, Haskins can sling the ball around. He can make plays on his feet, and he wins. You know, both of them can win. Both of them, I think, are very capable quarterbacks. Um, With Murray, and here's the interesting thing with Kyler Murray, it's like a lot of NFL scouts believe he's still not 100% behind the fact of playing football solely. Right. His Uh, attitude, I think, is his main, well, besides his height, his attitude. Um. is I don't, a big negative because if you watch that Dan Patrick show uh, where he was on there, it was a train wreck. I didn't see it. I've heard it was like it was awkward, but it was it was bad. I mean, any any. I mean, he was the quarterback at Oklahoma. He I'm sure had media training, and it looked like someone. Well, from, I mean, you know, I've seen. Because I've only seen maybe one or two interviews with Kyler Murray, and it seemed like he just came off cocky at the Dan Patrick show, and okay. not really ca- he didn't really care. It seemed like, and each question he'd turn to look at his dad for for an answer. It's it's and you know people are saying how they think his dad's calling the shots and running the show, which that to could... me reminds me of the Lonzo Ball and Lavar Ball situation, which isn't good. That could be the case. Um... The thing with the Lonzo Ball thing, I don't think his dad is calling all the shots. I think his dad is just doing more of the, I'm going to take most of the media attention so my sons can play basketball type of thing, which I've referenced so many times. Um, If that's the case, then it could be his dad is calling the shots of, hey, you're playing football. You know, that could be the case. That could be the case. Um. I don't know, maybe, I, I, I don't know, have you ever seen this, have you ever seen Last Chance You? I've seen a few episodes, I, I keep needing to watch it, and I keep forgetting, but I've seen a few episodes. Uh, uh, the, the, this recent episode, or this recent season, right, with uh, Independence? No, no, I think it was the second season that I, I saw a couple episodes of. Okay, so if you watch the third season, there's a similar situation with the quarterback named Malik Henry. He was at Florida State. He played at Westlake. He played at Westlake, and then he transferred. Westlake to, in Texas? Uh, no, not Westlake in Texas. What's that? West something? It's in California. It's in L.A. Uh, oh, there's a Westlake in L.A. Yes, yes, yes. That school. Okay. Yeah, it, it was Westlake because um, Rudy, not Rudy Carpenter. I think Rudy Carpenter went there, but um, he was at Westlake. And then he transferred to IMG Academy. And his dad was saying, well, the business of high school football. And Malik, 
Malik. That's a funny phrase. The business of high school football. Yeah, don't get me started on that. <laughs> but he, Malik loved baseball like that. He loved baseball. But his dad wanted to wanted him to go and, and play football. And he played. He ended up committing to Florida State, transferred from Florida State, and ended up at, um, what's that school name? Ended up at, at um, I keep forgetting the name of the school, uh, at, at Independence. There we go. And now he's a walk-on at Nevada right now. But you could tell some of these kids like, oh, well, I want to play baseball. I think it just boiled, boiled down to I think he still wants to play baseball. I think he loves baseball. I think he still really wants to play baseball. But right now, and I was having this debate. To be honest, I don't know why anyone would want to play baseball over football just because of the minor leagues. It takes so freaking long. And, and they're so underpaid. That, and that, that's the point I was trying to make to people because everyone's like, oh, yeah. Go play baseball. It's guaranteed money. But I'm sitting there. I was like, but you got to go to the minor leagues and you're making peanuts. Yeah, you're getting guaranteed money. You're getting uh, what? Kyler Murray's getting how much right now? Being drafted in the top 10. Now, compare that to what he can get in the NFL. Realistically, he can make more. And there's been people that's been pointing that out saying, look, Although baseball is guaranteed money, he will make more on his rookie contract. And he has a guarantee to not only be on the roster, to be on a, to be on, on, uh, how, how many, how many, what, 25 man endorsements? I mean, think of the endorsements that'll get you going in the first round of the NFL draft. Well, yeah, he'll get a lot of endorsements, but, um, not only that, but you get the the endorsement. Not only that, you will most likely start. Right. Compared to if you go to the MLB, you'll get an invite to training camp uh, to to spring training. You show out there. You now let's say Kyler Murray shows out. He really shows out. What is the odds of him making an MLB roster if he really shows out in spring training? Because there have been guys who show out in spring training and they still get sent they still get sent to uh to AAA saying you need more at bats. Right. You need more at bats. You get what I'm saying like in the NFL you show out in in training camp and in preseason oh you're starting. You're starting or you're getting a roster spot and you're on special teams and you're seeing the field. In the MLB in in baseball there's no guarantee. So right. I'm not trying. And even to... if he wasn't just you know named a starter, he's one injury away from starting. Exactly, but he's going in a top ten, or he's probably going to a team that needs a quarterback. Right. He's going to a team that that needs a, that for sure needs a quarterback. Who who would who's your top three? So Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, and who who would be your third? Daniel Jones out of Duke. Um. Yeah, he's a lot of he's in the top three of a lot of people's. No, a lot of people say he reminds a lot of people. A lot of people say he kind of reminds them of Manning. I don't buy the Manning comparison, but I think because he ha- I haven't seen much of Daniel Jones, 
but he he can play. I think it's because of the look. Some guys they just have the look. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think my top three is between him and Drew Locke. Not that I think either are phenomenal, but I think Locke just has a little bit more experience. Yeah, um, with Drew Locke, I don't know. I don't see it with Drew Locke. Maybe I have to. I have to sit down and watch more on Drew Locke. Here's the the thing with me. Oh, is, if this if this was. You know, if if guys like Donald and Mayfield were in this draft, these guys wouldn't be going anywhere <clears throat> in the first. So Jones Mm-mm. and Locke. That's why I think it's a weak quarterback, a weak quarterback <laughs> class. Not only that, but Justin Herbert out of Oregon, if he would have came out, I don't see it. I don't see. I don't see it with Herbert. I think Herbert would have easily been the top quarterback in this draft. Easily. Over Murray and Haskins? Yes. He's come, when he top. comes out next year, you have Tua, who will be able to come out next year. You have, um, who else? You have Tua that will be coming out. He's going to be the top quarterback in right. any class. Right. I think there's a few quarterbacks that, that uh, <laughs> that's going to come out. That's gonna Sam Ellinger pretty- could come out if he wanted. Yeah, Texas. Sam Ellinger could be could be Ellinger could be pretty solid. I mean, it, next year is not a bad class, but then again, you have to look at who's coming out. Who now? There are some guys who um, there are some guys who I I think are going to be interesting uh, to keep an eye on. Will Greer is a guy I'm interested to see how he uh, how he does. He had a horrible senior bowl, though. He he did. I just want to see if he here. Here's the thing. This is what gets me about the combine. This is why I think we need a seven on seven. Like we need seven on seven to take place at the combine. Because at the combine, he can sit up there. He could perform well at the combine, and people will dismiss his what he did in the senior bowl. We need seven on seven at the NFL combine. We need that to happen. We need like a seven-on-seven tournament to take place at the NFL Combine. Because let's be real here. These guys are playing without pads. They're doing 40-yard dash. They're doing shuttle runs. They're running routes, all that stuff. You get what I mean? They're, they're, they're doing all right. that no stuff. Right, no one cares what an they're doing all 40 these, is. It doesn't have any correlation to his position exactly like they're seeing how far he can throw a football can he throw a spiral can he throw passes to the sideline let's see what can he do decision making really for a quarterback of 40 i mean unless you're a dual threat who cares if you're slow i mean like let's see what he can do let's see what he can do against different defenses uh with seven on seven it's about instinct and keep what and reading defenses and and defenses being able to cover Let's do that. Why can't we get that? Why can't we have a seven on seven? Just like I think, I think during the spring for college football, we need seven on seven tournaments. I I seriously think this. I think we need seven on seven at the NFL draft at the NFL combine because let's stick to football decision. Like 
we're doing wonderlit tests and interviews like have you gotten in trouble have you smoked weed have you drank a bottle of beer <laughs> like what does this got to do with football I understand, well, the questions part is you're trying to see what guy you're drafting. You're trying to see his character and everything. But the other stuff, I'm like, bench press and all that. Whoa, how strong are you, you know? But let's move forward. Um, We have running backs here. Again, no USC Trojans. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. We have uh, Akka Cedric Ware. Who will be coming out, but he's not at the uh he has not been invited to the NFL combine. You have Miles Gaskin out of out of Washington, you have Bryce Love out of Stanford, um, and you have James Williams out of Washington State. So three pack twelve running backs on top of um Elijah Holyfield, the son of Evander Holyfield, Josh Jacobs out of out of Alabama. Nick Brousset out of LSU. Um, quite a few names here at the running back position. Quite a few interesting names at the running back position. Uh, Mike Weber at, at, for out of Ohio State. Dexter Williams out of Notre Dame. So, what are your um, what are your your views on the running back position? I think if. It's a shame. If Bryce Love would have came out a year earlier, he would have been the talk of the draft. Oh, easily. Easily. Um, right now, I've been hearing a lot of talk about Josh Jacobs, the the back out of Alabama. Um, his draft grade projects him to be an instant starter. Um, but other than Miles, Miles Gaskin... Miles Gaskin has explosion. Uh, if he can, if he can stay healthy, yeah. If he can stay healthy, I mean, his draft grade's not too great. It's a five point four three backup or special teams potential. Um, but no one, no one's really standing out to me except for Josh Jacobs. Um, I'd like some... to see Bryce Love, you know, get back to his top form. But yeah, if Bryce Love can stay healthy, that's the thing. Bryce Love was Bryce Love was supposed to be the guy to replace Christian McCaffrey, and he ran into a lot of injury issues. Um, he had the ankle injury that that hampered him for two seasons. I believe for for a season actually, uh, he. Tore his ACL, I believe, this past year. This past season, I think. Um, so he was nursing that. Yeah, or, or he did something where he got where he missed uh, the remainder of the season. Oh, we're forgetting somebody, Benny Snell, out of Kentucky. That's a guy who who's very interesting as well as um. I'm interested to see what LJ Scott does too. How he recovers. Last last season wasn't his best season. I think, as you said, I'm interested to see what Bryce Love can do. Miles Gaskin, when he's healthy, uh, he's, he's pretty explosive. Dexter Williams, I think, is a um, is a guy who's a sleeper in this in this running back class. Uh, is very has always been pretty interesting to me 
out of Notre Dame. He had a pretty decent performance against USC. Uh, um, I don't know. I, I who are your top three? Who are your top three running backs in this? Um, Jacobs, Dexter Williams, and Elijah Holyfield, I suppose, out of Georgia. I have uh, Love. I have Bryce Love. I think Bryce Love. I, I, uh, Jacobs is going to be is my top, but I think Bryce Love is one of the top three running backs in the, in this class. In the uh, in where this, do you, what round do you think he'll go in? Second round, late first round, early second round. Late first round, really? I think late first round. I think so. I think there's going to be a team in the late first round that takes a chance on on Bryce Love. If he performs well, he's going to go late first round. But I can't see him going any further than maybe the third round. He brings too much. He brings too much. Just the fact that Stanford was not Stanford, you know. I think teams keyed on to Stanford this season and the running game that he wasn't able to do what we all thought he would do. Because a lot of people thought he would do what Christian McCaffrey did. But McCaffrey, here's the thing. With McCaffrey, you found different ways to get him the ball. You found different ways to utilize McCaffrey. You found so many ways to utilize McCaffrey. Not to mention, U.S. Uh, uh, Stanford had a new offensive coordinator. Stanford had a brand new offensive coordinator and and uh, Trevita Pritchard. So with USC or with USC with Stanford, it, it's completely different because they were trying to get Bryce Love going. Bryce Love is a patient runner. You get him a, a decent offensive line. Not to say that Stanford's offensive line was trash, but you get him a decent offensive line with a decent um, offensive coordinator, with, with a pretty good offensive coordinator, they'll be fine. I honestly think so. I honestly think so. But it's it's Jacobs, Love, and um, and Snail. I think Benny Snail. I think a lot of people aren't. Are, I think a lot of people don't see much with Benny Snail out of Kentucky. Um, had a solid season. Yeah, he, he had a solid season with the uh, with with the Wildcats, in which the Wildcats um had an outstanding had an outstanding year. They went to a bowl game somehow, and USC didn't. <laughs> uh, moving on, moving forward, we have the wide receivers position again. This is another position that um. It's going to take a while before we get to USC, people, before we start some USC talk with players. But There's a uh, lot of wide receivers coming out. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's a good amount coming out. And it's uh, a talented wide receiver class, too. Yes. You have uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside out of, out of Stanford. And I'm naming Pac-12 people. So J.J. Arcega-Whitefield uh, out of Stanford. You have Nikhil Harry. Out of uh, Arizona State, um, who else do you have? Got, got 
got uh, Keelan Doss out of UC Davis giving uh, giving the Aggies some love here to, on this podcast. Giving some some love to the uh, to the Aggies. Yes, Dina, UC Davis does have a football team. <laughs> they're they're not only doctors, um, but you have Dylan Mitchell. You have a uh, Dylan Mitchell out of Oregon. You have um, that's about it, honestly. But you got a few Pac-12 guys here in the at the combine. Um, not to mention. Not to mention um, Hakeem Butler, Marquise Brown, AJ Brown. Um, uh, goodness, you can it's just a who's who at the wide receiver position. Terry Godwin out of Georgia. Uh, I mean, what what do you look? What are you looking at here with um, with wide receivers? I mean. It is just a ton of talent. Jalen Hurd, Lil Jordan Humphrey. Just you can go on and on. I think this is this is a very talented class. Uh, a, a very talented group, actually. Yeah, it is. Um, I think one of the top names that stands out to me is Marquise Brown from Oklahoma. Um, he 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 graded very well. Should become an instant starter. Um, another one, little Jordan Humphrey. I don't know. There's something about him. He, he, he had a very, very good season last year for Texas. Um, his draft grade is also pretty good. It's a chance to become an NFL starter. And there's just so many. There's, uh, a lot of people are saying, um, Kill Harry's just a little bit too raw, but I mean, just so talented at this last season with Arizona State. So many good plays, um, but for sure my top two probably um, Marquise Brown and um, uh, Little Jordan Humphrey. Um. Now, what are what are some sleepers here? What are or I, I don't want to say sleepers, but who are some guys that you know who could be solid? Who could be solid pros, like the guys that nobody's really talking about, like that, really. Um, guys who could end up being solid players. David Sills. I don't know why people aren't. He has a very. He doesn't really have a great draft grade, but I mean, his production at West Virginia was phenomenal. And he's huge. He's um, 6'4". So I think he's a sleeper that could translate well to the NFL. Um, I don't know. I just I love Hunter Renfro out of Clemson. He's just so, what's the word, scrappy. I, I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> I think. Um, he doesn't I think... even have a draft grade up. Hunter Ref- Hunter Renfro is going to go to the New England Patriots, and he's going to be an I absolute can, beast. I can, see it. I can definitely see it. I'm telling he you, he has the size for it. I I'm calling it. He's going to New England. He's going to New England. I was just I, listening him, to someone say the Patriots like guys 
what what was the phrase? Seven out of ten guys, not nine out of ten guys. Guys that are consistent, not guys that'll be a ten out of ten on one day and then a two out of ten on another day. And Hunter Renfro was definitely, definitely con- consistent for Clemson the past few years. Uh, Hunter Renfro is that guy you can. Um, Hunter Renfro is that guy, and I'm trying to find a word for it. He's a guy that you can put in the slot, and he's just gonna make plays. He, right. He. I don't want to say he reminds me of Julian Edelman, or. Um, <laughs> I hate Edelman. I, uh, but you know how somehow Edelman's always open, right? Him, he always gets the ball. Him or Chris? Is it Chris Hogan? I think him or Chris Hogan always find a way to get open. They're always uncovered. Guys like that are always uncovered. I think when Renfro will fill that boy. I think if utilized properly, you can. Um, if you utilize him properly. He he could really make plays in the slot, um, but Nikhil Harry is hands down. He's one of my favorites in this draft. Him and Marquise Brown. Brown just makes the big plays. Um, he does. He, Hollywood he, Brown. He makes the big plays when he was with when he was at Oklahoma. That's all you can get him. He makes the big plays. He's a deep threat. Um, you can line him up in the slot. You can line him up outside. He's gonna make the big play. Nikhil Harry is just absolutely dynamic too. Um, I, I think he he's dynamic. I think he can he can also make plays as well. Um, he has the measurements for it. If you're if you looking for the eye test, he's it. But another guy, JJ Arcega Whiteside, I think this is a guy that nobody really talks about. Is Arcega Whiteside? tends to make plays in the red zone. And he can be your red zone wide receiver. He can be yeah, your red zone guy. He's definitely guy. in my top five. He, he can be your red zone guy. I think a team will pick him up in the fourth, fifth round, in the mid-rounds, and utilize him as their, um, utilize them as their red zone guy. But these are guys you can throw into the rotation you know, that you can throw into the rotation. Moving on to tight ends. Who who jumps out at you? Uh, the board? We have, for Pac-12 guys, we have Drew Sample out of Washington, Caden Smith out of Stanford, Caleb Wilson, former USC Trojan, now UCLA Bruin. Um, that's it for the Pac-12 dudes. Um, so top, the top tight end in this draft, uh, TJ Hockelson, he, he's a guy, um, that really jumps out at me. I think with tight ends, it's just more of very selective, but if you're looking for a tight end to run whatever you run today in today's NFL, um, hands down, Caleb Wilson's that guy. Now, maybe I'm being biased because it's the Pac-12, but uh, uh, Caleb Wilson, honestly, he's a guy, he, he basically, he, he's just a guy who you can throw to him. He's going to catch anything that comes his way. I, I Sad to say about a Bruin, but he is good. I think... Um, I his think, draft grade's not too great. I think he'll make a lot of teams very happy, if especially... 
And I and I know people are like, well, what can he do in the NFL? He can do something in the NFL. Granted, the offenses they run, you know. Um, I, I know people are saying he uh, the weaknesses for him. What brings is uh what brings it down is he gets in the routes with low knees and restricted strides. Uh, gangly build, lack of fun, fun, uh, functional mass, below average hand-eye coordination as a pass catcher, wide hand or wide hands, hug blocks rather. So basically, it's just blocking and stuff coming out of the break. Um, I think he could do something in the uh, in the NFL. I think he can make. I'm not gonna say he's oh he's gonna make a lot of NFL teams happy, but he he'll do something. I think one that's kind of flying under the radar. Um, Isaac Nauta out of Georgia. Georgia didn't really use him a lot. Um, but he's a talented tight end. Um, graded five point seven for his draft grade. Um, I think he he's going to be. He's the one that sticks out to me. Besides. Um, Hawkinson. I I don't know. I don't think when Georgia anybody... did when Georgia did use him, he and he got the ball. He made plays. I mean, it yeah, was positive he yardage. He did. He did. That he did. That indeed he did. So moving forward, looking at offensive line, and then we'll um. We're going to look at offensive line, then we're going to move into defense as a uh, – probably move into defense as a whole, actually. But let's go ahead. Let's move into the offensive line here. As as we mentioned, Chuma Adoga is in this uh, – is at the Combine. He will be here. He had an outstanding – he had a very outstanding uh, senior bowl week and, and turned a lot of heads, but – I think his uh his stock went up as well. Uh you have you have Caleb McGarry out of Washington. Um as well for for Pac twelve. You have Chuma Odega or Chuma Udega. Yeah. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. Uh Andre Dillard out of Washington State. Um Nate Herbert or Herbig out of Stanford. I mean Quite a few Pac-12 guys here. Uh, again, Chuma is somebody who I think has caught a lot of eyes and is working his way up. I think he can solidify that with a pro, with an outstanding showing at the pro day and an outstanding showing in the um, in, a, in the uh, in the NFL Combine. Yeah, I think I think he's going to be. He definitely raises Senior Bowl stock. Or not senior bowl stock, draft stock at the senior bowl. Yeah, that he did. That he 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 uh, he truly did. And um, I, you know, I I take him off the board, and I take. Let's see. So many of them. I think Tuma will end up being going third round. Yeah, I can see that. 
I think he goes He's going to be a steal, though, for whoever gets him. He is. How the way he looked. How the way he looked. Uh, now, One of the top ones that's going to be taken. Jonah very, Williams. Or, yep, out of Florida. Or, no, no, no. Alba? Bama. There's, uh, who was I thinking of? Williams out of uh, Ala- Alabama. Florida. No, no. Oh. Juwan Taylor, sorry. He's going to be taken high, too. I, I, I truly think... Um, Truly think Jonah Williams will be the first off the board. He's ranked ninth overall. Um, he's ranked ninth overall. So top, he's the, he's the top ranked um, offensive lineman in this class, or in in this class in this draft class. Killer McGarry is also ranked pretty high. So that's for sure. But um, I don't know why this Geico commercial keeps playing. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, as I'm looking this up. But, yeah, Juwan uh, Taylor out of Florida, Cody Ford out of Oklahoma, all top guys. Is Cody Ford? I didn't see his name on the combine list. I don't think he's been invited to the combine. Or he maybe skipped the combine because some of these guys skipped the combine. Chuma is ranked pretty low. Which is which is shocking, but the, here's the thing with Chuma though too, and I know people say well, with the right coaching, with the right coaching he can be a, he can be very good and it show, but Chuma also had some issues um had some issues with penalties. Yeah, that's um he he had issues with penalties. That's for sure. We can't forget that. He had an issue with, he had a some bad penalty issues, but USC half the time had penalty issues. That's nothing new. Yeah, he he doesn't and he has the what the tendency not to finish blocks. Um that's a big a big weakness of his. Yeah, I think half of it. This is just me. I think half of that had to do with coaching because USC yeah. didn't have the best of coaching. Because you, we look at Sam Darnold. Look at Sam Darnold. But Sam Darnold just had talent alone. I mean, I think coaching can take you so far. I think that was just a testament of what USC was. But. That's Very true. A, that's me. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna get to edge rushers. I think edge edge rushers were that, and and then it was defensive line. But edge rushers, and this is where Porter Gustin, aka Thor, as people like to call him, aka the Incredible Hulk. I don't know if anybody really called him that, but uh, Porter Gustin, who we thought would excel up, up draft boards just had the look of of a um of an NFL guy and this guy's just in the gym religiously uh, missed he, he missed I don't even say half the season he missed almost all of the season he, he after the Washington State game uh he was out for the year he was out for the year with injury 
the last two years he's been out with injury issues. He broke his toe. Uh, he broke his toe. Then he fractured his ankle. Um, against Colorado. Excuse me. It wasn't Washington State. It was against Colorado. He had that injury in the final minutes of the game. And that, that caused them to lose. Uh, that, that caused them his season to uh, go down the drain. Uh, low, or he has a 5.24 draft grade. Um, not a lot of. If he can stay healthy, he can get some teams some sacks. That's the issue, and that's the thing. Here, and I think I think that's going to be a big negative for him. I he I feel like he's going to go late because of the injuries. Yeah. Here, and here's his overview: below average athlete as a three-four Sam backer whose effort and determination have allowed him to point consistent production on the college level. Gustin's lack of juice or complexity as a rusher could limit his upside. However, his size and ability to dig and fight to dig in and fight against the run can help his chances to become a backup. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I, I, I'm going to reference another pass rusher from USC last year who you who everybody may know, Uchinanuusu. Oh, the the thing with Uchinanuusu is a lot of people thought he was too small to be a uh, a, a three four linebacker off the edge, to be an edge rusher. Uchinanuusu is seeing significant playing time in the NFL for the San Diego Chargers. Uchina Nwusu has the athletic ability to get his hands up and to bat the ball down. A lot of mm-hmm. people say, well, consistently Swat his mo- a, a lot of people say, well, consistently his motor. Here's the thing with Porter Gustin. Porter Gustin is the sole reason why USC had issues in the pass rush. When Porter Gustin's on the field, USC's pass rush is 10 times better. Look at the same with Uchenna Nuusu. USC's pass rush is 10 times better, and it shows. Uh, uh, Porter Gustin, I think, was second or third. Or, or, no, I think he led the Pac-12 in sacks, he did. and nobody came close to it since he got injured. Not a single player got close to what he averaged in sacks, and he was hurt. I'm just saying here, like, I yeah, it's I a think, shame that his injury will, will cause him to go late. Um, I, I definitely think, the the top the top edge rusher in this draft is Josh Allen out of Kentucky. Yes, seventeen I, sacks last season. I I think him eighty eight total tackles. Well, Nick Bosa's very good. We can't forget Nick Bosa. He's actually not listed with the edges, though. He's going to be testing with the D-line. Bosa? Because they have, because on ESPN, on CBS, they have Bosa as an edge. Well, I think it depends, honestly. I think it depends. Edge rushers are more of defensive ends, outside linebackers, or 3-4 outside linebackers. Yeah, they have him listed as with the D-line group. Oh, okay. So I think it just depends on what their um, definition. But for sure, he's he's is. he's you know on most people's draft boards, their mock draft boards, he's number one. Bosa's num- the number one pick. 
I I think he is honestly it's like a flip flop because then you have um because he could go as the number one pick but there are three guys in the top three who you can really take that's uh Quinn Williams and Alabama yep half of Clemson's defensive line <laughs> half of Clemson's defensive line you could take I mean it just really depends. It honestly, 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 it depends. Um, but Josh Allen's a guy who uh, who I like. Jalen Ferguson, that's a guy who I think a lot of people have a lot of people are, have fallen in love with. Is Jalen? Um, it, it, it is is uh, Jalen Ferguson out of Louisiana Tech, one of the the top. Excuse me, one of the um, one of the top edge rushers in this draft actually was, I think, one of the leaders in um, one of the leaders in in sacks this season. Now he's not. Now here's the thing with Ferguson is that he's not listed. He's not going to be at the combine, so uh, there is there's always his pro day. A lot of people don't understand these guys hold out on the combine just to go to the pro day right where guys who go to the combine also have their pro day to rectify what they do so um montez sweats another guy that's high up there for people out of uh, montez, mississippi state or, Mon- yeah, mississippi montez state. sweat montez sweat is a sleeper montez sacks montez three total tackles on on the season last year yep he's a first round guy I shouldn't say sleeper. He's a first-round guy. Yeah, he's he's for sure a first-round guy. Him and Ferguson are going first round. This is if this is the draft to pick up. If this, this is, is a the, very, I heard it. I heard it just driving home. This is a defensive draft. If you need defensive guys. Yes. If you need edge rushers, this is it. This and is, wide receiver, wide receivers, and and edge rushers. Wide receivers, edge rushers. Um, This is a very defensive-heavy draft. Um, And as we mentioned with D-line, as you mentioned, Nick Bosa is a D-line. Going with the D-line group, um, you have Rashawn Gary Mm -hmm. out of out of out of Michigan, um, which is which is. It's interesting how they have these guys listed because. Dexter Lawrence out of Clemson. I mean, Ed Oliver, Houston. Ed Oliver's stock has really dropped. He went from possibly being the number one pick in his draft to going in the in the mid first round or in the top. He's still top ten, but he took a note. He kind of took a drop in his draft. I think sitting out. I think the combine will help, but I think sitting out hurt him. You have Kristen Watkins, Quinn Williams, uh, uh, Jerry Tillery out of Notre Dame is someone, someone who's, who's flying under the radar too. Is Charles Amenehu out of Texas? Where do you think he'll end up? In what mark? I, um, I don't know if you've, seen mock draft, if, you, if you've seen any of the mock drafts. I know a lot of people have been looking at them, but where do they have him going? I've I've seen him going in the second round. Oh, in the second. That's not bad. 
I think there's too many people above him to go first, but I mean, I think he's a he's a sleeper though. Yeah. That that for sure. That for sure he can be. Anyway, uh, moving forward, we ha- we're going into linebackers, and then we're going to touch on the secondary. A lot of people's uh, favorite. We'll get to the linebackers here. Let's get the linebackers here participating in the uh, in the combine. Again, these are guys participating in the combine, and we're going off of Pac-12 and USC. You have Cameron Smith, who um, a lot of people thought should have came out last year. I've I've seen in some places he was going as high as third round, fourth or third, fourth round in the draft. He came back. Um, was still effective. Was still effective, but didn't produce as much as people thought he was he would. Um, but he uh he will be at the combine along with Cody Barton out of Utah. Uh, ben Kervin Burr out of Washington. Uh, Chase Hansen, a personal favorite of mine, Chase Hansen. I think Chase Hansen's a guy who uh, I, I think will will do pretty will fare pretty well. He was pretty good with uh, with the Utes. Um, he'll be at the combine along with Bobby Oker. Uh, the I can't even pronounce his name, um, but. Uh, out of Stanford, but who who are some guys you're looking at in this draft? You have Dakota Allen from Last Chance U. Dakota Allen, who went to East Mississippi in season two, as as you mentioned that you saw Dina uh, at Texas Tech. He's a guy a lot of people are looking at. Devin Bush, Devin White out of LSU is pr- probably on people's high on people's lists. Yeah. Devin, Devin Bush out of Michigan, Devin White out of LSU, Mac Wilson out of Bama, Van, uh, Vosin Joseph, and these are top guys right now. Chase Hansen is one of the top linebackers. Khalil Hodge out of um, Buffalo. Uh, Cameron Cameron Smith, I think Cameron Smith will go fourth, fifth round as well. I think I think he's. You know, if there's anyone that's a sleeper, I think Smith is one. Um, I think he deserves to go third, third round. He's just, a, he's just such consist. He's so consistent. And when we don't have him, when USC didn't have him on the field and he was injured, you could tell. Um, not, not as much as like you could tell with Porter Gustin because um, we had some talented freshmen step in for him, but. Um, he was just so consistent throughout his years at, at USC, and he's just a solid player. He's good at wrapping up too. He's one of the ones that could actually tackle, and he can play the run very well too. Yeah, and he can cover. If you need to look at any tape, look at the games against Utah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Look at the the last two home games against Utah. For whatever reason, he has a he has a very good game against Utah, and he's the MVP. I'm sorry if USC only goes so far as with Cam Smith. USC's defense front seven goes as far as Cam Smith. Cam Smith makes the smart football plays, and a lot of people 
I think a lot of people don't really appreciate. Cam Smith is a very is a pretty smart football guy. He's a pretty he smart is. football player. And he always has been. I mean, his freshman year, the three three uh, three picks against Utah, who then was number number three in the nation. Yeah, and then he had one too uh, last season against Utah. Mm-hmm, against Utah. Yeah, one last season against Utah. I think he's the biggest sleeper <clears throat> that USC has in this draft. Um, I'd still lean more Odega or Augustin, but Cam Smith. I don't think. I, I don't, think the reason I why I don't Chuma, think Smith is a is a sleeper is because Smith would have went higher if he would have came out last year. I think yeah, Smith I think, but went, Shuma really got on everyone's radar with his senior bowl. I haven't heard really anyone talk about Smith. No. I've heard a lot of people talk about Shuma, though, these past couple weeks. But the thing with middle linebackers is a lot of people look at middle linebackers with sacks and um, with, with sacks and stuff like that and stuff like that. Look at the tackles they make. Look I mean, he was, he was and plus, USC's leading tackler in almost every game. Yeah, and gap, and look at gap responsibilities too. You just got with middle linebackers is different. Middle linebackers is different. What about the cornerbacks? <clears throat> so with secondary. Mm, let's see here. This is a deep cornerback class. There's a lot coming out. Uh, Ema Marshall again. Ema Marshall will be in this in this class. I think I want to and I want to chime in on Ema Marshall because a lot of the numbers are skewed. Marshall has the body of you know that NFL teams will love, and if you can develop them, if you develop them correctly, then you know. He could be he could be a problem. And he had a good he had a good senior bowl. He had a good senior bowl week. Um I just think with Marshall wait a minute, Iman Marshall Lewis, what? Yeah, he hyphenated his name. Oh, I did not know that. Um my thing with Marshall is he tends to commit one too many pen he gets he gets physical, which is good. You want that in a corner. And the, the body that he has is big for a corner. He just makes too many penalties. He, he draws too many penalties for my liking. Yeah. He tends to draw a certain amount of penalties, which is, um, and don't get me wrong, that could be tame. I just think that's what hurts it. And, and you know, and the games against UCLA, it didn't help him either because he got burned against UCLA after his All-American cry. Um, got burned against UCLA pretty good. But USC secondary wasn't that great. I think he was the only bright spot. Now, again, you have Greedy Williams, DeAndre Baker, uh, Byron Murphy out of Washington, um, Trayvon Mullen out of Clemson. These are top corners, you know. I think Iman Marshall, if you look at it, Look at what he's done. I think he's he, he he matches up very well with that bunch. You know. Yeah, next next to Cameron Smith, I think he's he's USC's second sleeper. Yeah. 
I think he's somebody who they can who at the corner position you can pick him up, and I think he'll get drafted. Uh, yeah, um, I, I think I've he'll get drafted. It, it, I think it'll be I, late, but I think he'll get drafted. I think he'll go maybe six, anywhere between five through seven. I think he'll go, but uh, again, he has the you got the combine. I mean, at six one two oh five as a corner. That that's decent right there, you know. Who are Position? your top? Who are your top two? My top two corners. Yeah. Greedy Williams and DeAndre Baker. I'd say Baker and Byron Murphy. Uh, I think Greedy. Uh, Greedy's one of the top corners in the nation. One of the top corners in this draft, hands down. Yeah, Greedy has the height for sure over Byron Murphy. Uh, Murphy five eleven. Williams too. With a name like Greedy, come on now. They call <laughs> him Greedy for a reason. They call him Greedy for a reason. Um, but Julian uh, Love is a, another one out of Notre Dame, five ten. Now here's here's the smaller side. Now here's something interesting, and I'll I'll bring this up. Um, oh no, he will be at the combine. I think a lot of these guys who are corners will end up at the combine. Again, this is why we need to have a seven on seven. That's why we need seven on seven at the combine. Um but Chris here, Boyd out of Texas is I think might be a sleeper. Chris Boyd I love Chris Boyd's game. I love Boyd's game. I love it. I love just watch when I watch him play, I love his game. Boyd is going to be is uh, is somebody I absolutely take hands down. Boyd is yeah he crowds he crowds receivers really well. Boyd is is instantly one of the top corners in this draft that nobody's really talking about. He's going to be I think if anything when it's all said and done, I think he's going to end up. Bearing very nice on an NFL team, and I think he may see some uh, playing time this year. I I truly think so. Um, but going into corners or not corners, safeties. Marvell Tell is in this uh group. Marvell Tell, Marvell Tell would have been high if he didn't get hurt. Yeah, at the beginning of the season, he was he was you know top five, top five safeties. He, he was one of the top five safeties in the preseason, but then again, uh, USC secondary didn't do him any favors. So, but he was consistent. His draft grade, people project him to be an NFL starter. He, I think so. I honestly, think I honestly think so. I honestly think he could be a starter somewhere. Um, another Pac-12 guy, Taylor Rapp out of Washington. Um, Evan Worthington out of Colorado. Um, and that's, let's see, oh, Marquise Blair, Utah. And Ugo Amadi, Oregon. That's it for the Pac-12 dudes. Um, why did I click on Marvell Tells? thing um i'm talking to myself don't mind me 
I think, uh, you know, honestly, and I'm looking at the top group here. I mean, Marvel Tell is ranked pretty, is ranked as what? Is, is he's ranked in the top 10 at safeties. He's one of the top 10 safeties. Again, I think he was top five, and then he injured his ankle against UCLA. Um, so that didn't help, especially with the, the senior bowl, him missing the senior bowl. Uh, Deontay Thompson out of Alabama. I think he's the top safety. He, he's listed as the top safety here, according to CBS. Um, Deontay I, Thompson is? Yeah, out of Bama. Because on, on the NFL's page, it says he doesn't have a grade, and it says likely needs time in developmental league. What developmental league is there other than the AAF? <laughs> I mean, what are we adopting the AAF as a development? I mean, they league? show it on the NFL Network. <laughs> yeah, well, the NFL Network is a part of the CBS group. <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> Plus I they think got, the AAF is kind of like a developmental league because they're already talking about Luis Perez getting yeah, signed by somebody. They're aiming for that. They're aiming for that. They're aiming for it. They almost went bankrupt. You can't tell me that guys would pass up a chance at the NFL over the AF. Yeah, that is true. That is very true. That is very, very good point, Dina. Interesting point at that. Um, Nah, I don't think Deontay Thompson is is listed. He's rated as a top safety in this... uh, Interesting. He's rated as the top safety here, and is rate is rated as the uh, what the number twenty five player overall in the NFL um in the NFL class in the NFL draft class. He's a first rounder. I don't know who's doing the grades on a combine it, page. Then it's the NFL. <laughs> look at how bad they brutal. Look at how come on now. Anytime you got guys going, yeah, Johnny Menzel is a, going to be a better quarterback than Derek, than a Derek Carr. <laughs> how did Menzel, How did Tim Tebow get drafted in the first round? Can we talk about that? Yeah, that was stupid. Like, come, it's, it's the NFL, for crying out loud. A lot of their evaluations aren't the greatest. But... Other than that, that's all the positions. Uh, that's all the positions. I mean, we could hit kickers and everything, but we had some some questions actually. We we had we had some questions about the uh, NFL <laughs> combine and the NFL draft. And go ahead and pull pull these up. But Dina, what do what is your overall thoughts? Um, I have to ask you, who would you take first? If you had the number one pick, who who would you who would you be taking first? Mm. Probably Bosa. I'm taking Quinn Williams. Yeah, it was a toss up between him and Williams. Yeah, or or Al. I mean it's uh well. If I'm Josh getting Allen, rushing, 
if I'm like if I'm somebody like the Oakland Raiders who consistently preach about pass rushing after you traded one of the elite pass rushers in the NFL, I'm still mad about that. I'm still mad about that. But uh, this question comes from Turf Show Times, who is uh, SBN's, who is the the Los Angeles Rams SBN's um, website. And they ask, who's a prospect on day three or a potential undrafted free agent that you think could succeed in the NFL? Day three, undrafted free Eamon Marshall. Uh, Eamon Marshall would be one if developed right. Um, Hunter Dustin, if he can stay healthy, yeah. Hunter, Hunter Renf- Renfro, yeah. Hunter Renfro's <laughs> going day three. Hunter Renfro, I think is a guy who could succeed in the NFL. Again, I think he could fit, he could do pull the the Cooper Cup uh role with like how Cooper Cup is with the LA Rams before he got injured or the I don't want to say the Julian Edelman role but the Chris Hogan role. Basically your typical slot receiver your typical slot receiver uh that could put in work and who could get open all the time. I think when Renfro and Renfro makes plays when it counts. I think him or David Seals. David Seals is a guy. Uh, David Seals, yep. Who's a day two guy <laughs> who I think could do something. Um, I'm I'm very high on. I'm very high on on those two, for whatever reason. I think those two could actually could absolutely do something. Um, for for a fact. But those are those are my two right there, is Win, Renfro or um, Renfro or or uh, Seals. Top two probably Eamon Marshall and uh, Eamon Marshall, and I like Renfro or Seals. Probably Seals for number two. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. Now, someone asked you a question on on uh, Instagram. Actually, someone asked you, "Who's the worst QBs at the combine?" (laughs) They did ask me, and I said Jake Browning and Jordan Tiamu out of Mississippi. No, we get Brown and Mawai Tiamu. I'm interested to hear that. He didn't really do much. I mean, and, you know, his stat, his, what, he was a one or two year starter. One year starter, I think. I think it was a one year. Um, he's not very high on anyone's draft. Draft grades, um, 19 touchdowns, 18 interceptions. His completion percentage isn't bad. It's 63.6, but I just don't see him translating well to the NFL. 
Yeah, I think he... I think he's going to the AAF. I'm sorry. Or the XFL. I'm, I'm, and if you're listening to this, I'm, we're sorry, Jordan. Hopefully, this is the, this is the feel you'll get, and, and you, you know, you fall out at the combine. Uh, Browning, on the other hand, there's just too many bad things with Browning. He holds on to the ball too long. I think that's his biggest thing is he holds on to the ball too long and that's why he gets sacked. He does, yeah. So. But um, other than that, now, before we, we get off the air, we know we're two weeks away from NFL, uh, or not NFL, from uh, from spring. We're, we're two weeks away from spring practice. Two weeks away from spring practice uh, coming up. USC baseball is in full force. Um, they have a huge series against Arkansas coming up this weekend. Against number 16, Arkansas, this weekend. Uh, it's going to be a huge test after going, taking a two out of three against Nebraska-Omaha. USC basketball, the, uh, the men's, they turn it around against Cal. They split in the Bay Area. Right now, the Pac-12 is just a, a huge abundance. Just it's just a huge mess right now. Um, right now it's a two-bit league. It's likely going to be Washington and whoever the heck else is number two. Uh, USC has to make it to the conference to the uh, Pac-12 tournament final. I think they have to win the whole thing to even get in. But. If they make it to the semifinal, then I think that could that could possibly be enough. I don't think there's anything that could that USC could do to get in. The women's basketball team almost beating Stanford. They beat Cal. They defeated Cal uh, at home and, and couldn't pull it off against Stanford. Stanford got hot towards the end, was making baskets. USC wasn't, um, but. But uh, Mignon Moore, Mignon Moore and her sister Mariah and uh, and and they're just a dynamic duo. I think Mariah as a scorer, I think Mariah Moore can can make somebody's WNBA roster. I think so. She she can score, um, she can play. But I think Mignon Mignon has that look. If you ever watch her play, and I think. Dina, you gotta watch some USC basketball game. You gotta watch the women, and you gotta watch Mignon more. Uh, the look that she has, she has that determination, that hunger. She has like the Mamba mentality look, and how the way she plays, she plays with fire. Um, I think she's a junior. She's a junior this year, um, but goodness, I I seriously, seriously, seriously think. When she comes out for WNBA draft, she can make it to the WNBA. I think she could get drafted in the first round as a point guard. She's that good. I, I seriously think she's that good. She's all over the place defensively, and she's a hustle player. Uh, and she can score too. She can score. She's one of the leading, one of the top scorers in USC women's basketball history. Um. But 
just that reference. Um, but other than that, I think that will do it for us tonight. Uh, any final words, any final thoughts that you would like to share? Um, no final thoughts? I'm trying to think of a good one. It could be any of them. <laughs> it could be any. As long as you say Subway cookies are, are not. I've n- never had a Subway cookie. You're not missing anything. <laughs> You're not missing much. We were talk. I was. As a matter of fact, I was talking about this with Penguin of Troy. I, I mentioned this because she was talking about what cookies are are good. She said oatmeal. She said oatmeal cookies without the raisins are very underrated, and I agree. I think oatmeal cookies when they have the the, the raisins take away from oatmeal, the oatmeal chocolate cookies. chip is really good. Oatmeal chocolate chip is 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 out. Is outstanding but yeah no raisins no one likes raisins nah who eat raisins like that actually i only like raisins if it's in those like cinnamon bagels or like cinnamon toast no that's the I only time that. i that's can't the do only that time I, like them. I can't do that i can't i'm not a raisins person that's funny i can't do it i can't i can do chocolate chips i do chocolate chip i can I do, like macadamia. do chocolate chips <laughs> Ew, i can't do macadamia I can't do macadamia. That's you know like the one thing I can't? Favorite. I can't do nuts and cookies. I can't. I can do it. It's just like Rocky Road ice cream. You got to do away with yeah, it. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't do it in Rocky Road. But I can do it in cookies. Not just not macadamia. Walnuts are good. I I can't do just like it's like Rocky Road ice cream. You can't do Rocky Road ice cream. Yeah, it tastes too. It not those almonds taste bad in Rocky Road. Well, not only that, but the almond when you eat them, they get stuck behind your yeah. gum area. They're really like, hard and. Ugh, ugh. Anyway, you can. Oh my God, I'm thinking about it now. <laughs> you can follow. Uh, you can follow me at Matt A. Larry on uh, on Twitter. You can follow me at Always Compete. And you can follow us at uh, C Chronicles SBN. You can follow us on uh, on Megaphone. You can listen to us on Megaphone uh, or on the Conquest Chronicles. Or um, or you could you could visit the uh, you can visit the SB Nation podcast network. Be sure to to visit SB Nation's podcast network website. We'll share the uh, the website with you on Conquest Chronicles. We're not uh, up there yet. We're still in the process of getting added. Yeah, we're still in the process of being added up there. But you can go on there, and you can find all the other podcasts that are um, that are on the SB Nation podcast network, from anywhere ranging from the Boston Celtics. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, from 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 any pro team that has a podcast, you can follow them on there as well. Um, we'll be back on iTunes here soon, as soon as we uh, complete the transition. But uh, until then, we'll talk to you guys next week and fight on. Fight on. <laughs>